Welcome to Forgive Me Father. Here in the confession booth, we discuss how a certain aspect of life and church culture work together or don't mesh so well. Through discussions of personal vices and victories, we hope to help everyone understand each other more and create dialogue no matter what you've experienced or believe. Forgive us, Father, for we have sinned. What sins have you committed? We once were Christian, but we deconverted to atheism. All right, so I, we were a little bit past this, but talking about job interviews, what were you guys' first jobs? Like, I worked as a grocery <laughs> bagger. That was my job for three years uh, when I was in high school. Uh, and I remember that I hated like actually talking to people like in the grocery store because they were always like really old people and they didn't, they weren't great for conversation for a 16 year old. So I would always be like, Hey, do you want me to take your like 30 minute shifts of like cart pushing outside? Like it didn't matter. Like December, uh, middle of the day in July. Like I was just like, let me just go push carts. Like I'll like spend all my time out there. Like at the time we were allowed to listen to music. Uh, and so I would, I would work like four hour shifts. I would push carts for about three and a half hours, take a 15 minute break. And then the other 15 minutes I was hiding in the bathroom or like walking around outside, like <laughs> looking for carts. Oh my, oh my gosh. Gosh, what was my first job? My first job was Walgreens. I was a beauty counter consultant, which was like not a real thing at Walgreens. <laughs> I just stood in the beauty area. But I do remember when I first started, I had to take all these courses on like beauty, like these little modules, like what works for your skin tone and stuff. And I was like, no one's going to do this here. Like if they care, they're going to go to like Belk or something. Yeah, like why are they going to come to me? <laughs> <laughs> like this little like 16 year old girl. I'm like, I know nothing about this. <laughs> That's amazing. I, I did, um, I did door to door, uh, sales. My first job, I, I was, um. I worked for like the Chesapeake Bay Foundation and I had to like go through and just like ask people for donations. And it was the worst. It was in like in the dead summer. First of all, nobody ever wants to give money in front of their door. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah. And like, yeah, it was, it was not good. I'm not even good at sales. I don't know how I did it at all. You probably didn't. I, I mean, I didn't do well. I'm not doing that. Obviously that's not, it's not a career job. Yeah. <laughs> how long did you work there? Uh, it was probably like two or three weeks, honestly. Like, that's awesome. yeah, that sounds about right. <laughs> like, you, just you talking about it sounds yeah. like two or three weeks worth of a job. Yeah, they wow. would like take us, and it was like in Richmond, and they would take us, and they would drive us in the suburbs, and just like drop us off, and be like, "All right, we'll get you back in eight hours." And we just walked around and just asked people for money all the time. I feel like you could not do that nowadays. Oh no, you yeah. could not. Let you do that. <laughs> Exactly. AJ, what about you? What was your first job if it wasn't working at the coffee shop? <laughs> My first job was at a shoe store. Oh, that's um, cool. And I was the youngest one there. I was mm -hmm. 16. Everyone, all of my coworkers were like in their 30s. Oh. And it was so boring because I just had to stock the shelves and then clean mm -hmm. up after the kids in the kids section that threw shoes everywhere. Um, but the craziest thing that, that happened during the two months I was there was this lady tried to return her shoes and I was working the register and she like didn't have her receipt and they were all messed up and I was like I cannot accept this return and she threw the box of shoes at me oh. yeah 
My first experience in customer service and I got a shoebox thrown at me. And I was like, I know what I'm gonna, I love America. This is <laughs> Did you get that discount though? I, I just, they gave me an extra break. That was, they were like, do you want to go? And I was like, sure, that's fine. <laughs> that's insane. I think the best part about working at a coffee shop was the fact that you got free coffee. Like the fact that we could. It's and it, dangerous though. It well, yes. First of all, yes, it's super dangerous. I'm a closer. I'm it's like 9 p.m. and I'm like, ah, I can handle a quad shot right now. Like it's all good. I'll go to bed after this. <laughs> no. <laughs> I uh when I was in when I was in Blacksburg and I was working at the coffee shop there, I would if I were I was working the evening shift, it's because I had morning classes. And so I would like go in and we just didn't really care there. Uh that's probably the best way to put it. <laughs> Where we would just literally walk behind the counter. Like I'm wearing like, like Chacos, uh, like shorts and like a regular (laughs) old t-shirt, like, like probably like a yellow, brightly colored t-shirt, like a t-shirt that you don't usually wear when you're at work. Mm -hmm. And I would just like walk back there and I'd be like, Hey guys, how's it going? I'd like start pulling like four shots. I'd like start steaming my own milk. I'd like get the pumps of vanilla. (laughs) And I'd be like, so crazy morning. This seems wild. And there's these like, like hundreds of like students just staring at me, like they were going to kill me. And I was like, yeah, so uh, yeah, flat whites, you know, all this is, this stuff's crazy. You got to test the night. <laughs> That's crazy. You're going to come in and study. I'll give you a free drink. And then I would literally just make my own drink and walk straight out the front door. And, you know, just never, the manager didn't really care. Uh, our coworkers obviously, obviously didn't care. Uh, the only people that really minded was, uh, was other students who could ju- you could just like see that the life had left their eyes about two months before they walked inside <laughs> that Starbucks. <laughs> yeah, I do that right now. I do that all the time. I especially before my shift, I get there really early and I like don't look like I'm working there at all. And I just there's like a sea of people in the in the cafe, and I just walk in and I walk right to the back and I'm making my drink and they're just staring at me like, um, you cut the line, and I'm like, I'm employed here. So- <laughs> That's like so much power though. I would like, I would get drunk on that power. It's a flex. Yeah. I look them dead in the eyes. I look them dead in the eyes every time. I'm like, yep. (laughs) What? (laughs) All right, guys, welcome back to Forgive Me Father. Uh, Today, we're going to be talking about what does it look like going from a very dedicated, very devoted church culture into starting to believe and even question that maybe there is an unnamed power out there and maybe there's no power at all. A lot of times, AJ, I don't know if you can, can identify with this story of just other, or I guess other people's stories or even social media where they talk a lot about like, I was an atheist and then this college professor did something crazy <laughs> and now I'm in church every day like the holy spirit kicks down the door and i go into church (laughs) on monday yeah (laughs) i just feel like there's so many stories that talk about like atheism to christianity but there's not a lot of stories that talk about like oh christianity into into something else yeah um that living in the south just in general growing up in the south that has been attempted to me always every time i was just like i'm not really religious they would be like well well, just wait a minute. Hold on. I'll change your mind. Um, bless your heart, I honey. Also, Give it a week. You know, bless your heart. My favorite My favorite line I've ever heard from a Southern lady. Um, but no, I've actually like very, very little um, times I've heard about 
a story to where you go from such a devotional religious stance to either something completely different or nothing at all more rarely nothing at all because the only other person that I know is my friend who also grew up Muslim like me and now she's pagan (laughs) Mm. so that's like I was like whoa crazy 180 there but uh the whole going from Christianity to completely like oh I don't believe that there's anything I am so intrigued because I've yeah. not, I don't think I've ever met someone personally that has experience. <laughs> yeah, so. honestly, that sounds like some season three spice we might have to I know. sprinkle in on here uh, <laughs> next year whenever we, we come out with season three. But today to talk to us just about that whole experience, because I think if you've been listening to the podcast for a while now, you know that I've gone from a very devout childhood Christianity, and then I went to a certain church, and then now I'm outside of that, just kind of believing whatever I want to believe, figuring it out however you want to label it. Uh, but we have Jermaine and Aaron Court here to uh, discuss that with us today and, and share their perspective. What's going on, guys? Hi, guys. We actually go back a little ways within the same church community. We were all in Blacksburg together. Uh, I was attending Radford at the time. And I think I came into Radford just about the time you guys were leaving tech, right? Because I was in the, I was in the teen youth ministry for a while there uh and i i, I think yeah. i didn't think we shared many years together in campus yeah, yeah. i think our college like I, yeah i think you were mostly in teen ministry while we were in college and then mm-hmm. I think, yeah when you went to college we probably left yeah like you, left blacksburg and moved somewhere else. yeah you came in towards the tail end when we were leaving but then we also that's right around we got like married so we didn't really pay attention to much people that's at that true, point anyway yeah. <laughs> We were in our own business at that point, so. <laughs> right. You guys were married for the last year of college, if I'm not mistaken, right? Yeah. I think yeah. I remember going to you guys' wedding. <gasps> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was the I just remembered that. Like, we didn't talk about that before. I just sure. thought of it in this moment. <laughs> yeah, you were there. That's true. I yeah, was there. I, I don't remember much from that day, but... Yes, except getting married to you. <laughs> well, yeah, <laughs> I can tell you who was on our guest list. I don't, yeah, I don't remember like, the whole church basically. Like that's yeah. that's kind of how that church culture worked. It was like, oh, you're having a wedding. Oh, everybody, everyone kind of comes. Yeah, so. we're all there. Yeah. yeah, so I think. But yeah, we um, I remember you there, but I don't remember like knowing too much about you. But yeah, mm-hmm. you were you were in the scenes. I, I do was around. Remember- I think I played football with you. Then you did you do flag? I did. Yeah, I did. I played corner. And if you guys know me, I'm five foot five. Not the best corner. <laughs> I was athletic. Like I was fast, but you know, I think I think the year that you were with us and we played together, I don't think I played much because I think that's when we still had all like the tall athletic people in our camp. Yeah. <laughs> It's okay, yeah. short king, short king. Oh, something like that. Not not back then. I was a court jester on the football field then. <laughs> I didn't know anything. Just be I lucky you're soccer. not me and people just assume that you could play football even though you can't. That's true. <laughs> right. Like, you got a big body. Just just get in there. Go do the thing. Yeah, people, like, always assume you could do all the, all the sports yeah. and you're, like, not sporty at all. Yeah, I'm always the one that they're disappointed by. They're like, oh, huh, I thought, thought he could do that. I regret this decision but he's already on the team can't tell him no (laughs) I feel like I feel like people like that are always a little you're a little suspicious of them you know it's like they're surprised you couldn't do this athletic thing it's like okay well is that because I'm tall 
Is that because I'm muscular or is that because of race? Like yeah. where, where That's exactly are we having our doubts here? Like what, oh, yeah. what part yeah. of this made you, made you believe that I could do this? Oh yeah. It's, I have the trifecta too. Cause I work out and I'm like, I'm pretty tall and I'm black. So everyone's just like, yeah, this guy, he's going to crush. <laughs> I look like I could do a lot, but I actually can't do anything. <laughs> I actually have two left feet, so don't even try it right now. You get me. Get me. <laughs> well, great. Yeah. And I think I think us having a very similar uh, background when it comes to church culture, I don't know if that necessarily plays a lot into where we both have been. But I think with devout culture, you know, sometimes when when you get so enveloped in it, when you start to have doubts, it's almost kind of like a jump of extremes. Um, and I, maybe I'm getting my, ahead of myself a little bit, but I just, I think it's interesting that we do come from a very similar background and, and I think we share a very similar present, uh, viewpoint of, of God and religion now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. I think, um, yeah, I think there's just like, uh, it's interesting to see like a lot of people that, you know, I kind of grew up with and went to, you know, the same church with and seeing kind of how their roads kind of ended up. Cause a lot of times I'm just like, huh, I wonder how that would have ended up if like, you know, we met and we weren't necessarily Christian or something like that. So mm-hmm. it's uh, very fascinating to see kind of like how people turned out as they got older and progressed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's crazy to see the, just as like life progresses, you know, like different personalities. I think when you're in a certain church culture, like you, that's like your one tie. And then like, if that, yeah. once that like mm-hmm. common ground almost, you know, you break away from that. It's kind of interesting to see like, Oh, like, not necessarily like, oh, you weren't really a friend. Like, how dare you? But it's like, yeah. oh, like we now our differences really are uh, showing, you know, very clearly with whether it's it's good, a good difference or a bad difference. Um, but before obviously before we jump into this, mm-hmm. uh, go ahead and let the listeners know, Jermaine and Aaron, just a little bit about you guys is uh, what you guys are doing. So actually, Jermaine and I are in Richmond, Virginia. Um, I work in a lab. Uh, at a pharmaceutical research organization. I'm in quality assurance. See, things I like to do. I love anime. So anyone who's watching the new Attack on Titan. Oh my goodness. That's a whole nother episode, but (laughs) oh man. Do I love anime? Uh, I'm a huge anime nerd. I love reading manga and I love reading like, I also like reading books. Like right now I'm reading the Righteous Mind, and it's by a like neuro philosopher. Um, he kind of talks about religion and politics and why like people make decisions based on those things. So, and I love autobiographies too. I like reading autobiographies. Yeah, I think you just like reading in general. I love animals. <laughs> <laughs> cool. And uh, I'm Jermaine, and. Um, so right now, I, I don't do any reading or anything like that. I'm actually in um, <laughs> I'm going to Virginia Commonwealth University right now. Um, so I'm doing chemical engineering and hopefully provided, you know, fingers crossed, I don't mess up in any way. I'll get a master's by 2023. So I'm doing um, um, like a specialization right now in like life, life engineering technically. And I'm doing also some chemistry things. And I'm actually doing research right now in the field of nanoparticles um, and looking at some applications with that one. Um, well, hopefully as long as, you know, well, whenever COVID finishes and I'll get back to that whole research thing, but (laughs) yeah. So pretty much my life right now is consumed by school. (laughs) That's all I do now. 
<laughs> nice. Are you are you into anime, Jermaine, or is that just more of, of Aaron's okay, thing? Okay, so I would say yes, but <laughs> okay. Aaron would tell me no because she's like, I only like the popular ones, whatever that means. <laughs> um but back to back to kind of your guys's background and even how this ties in with the the theme of this episode is what was your guys's church experiences like growing up um because we obviously knew what know what it's like growing up in the church that we were all a part of at the time but what was your guys's background before that so i my family's from um south america they're from Guyana and a little bit of them is from some other places in there, um, trace, trace parts, but they, um, they're all Pentecostal. All right. So I don't know exactly what, you know, people's history of Pentecostalism is, but they're big into like apostolic gift, apostolic, apostle gifts. I don't know how to say it, but, um, <laughs> apostolic. Yes. There we go. Apostolic yeah, gifts. Right? So speaking in tongues, <laughs> healings, I even saw, you know, there's even a couple exorcisms that they're totally okay with the idea of. So my mm. first introduction into religion was like way outfield of just like, okay, all these things are possible. And like growing up, you know, like for me, like growing up and it's like, they're like, oh yeah, that speaking in tongues, that's the thing. And so me, I'm just like, I don't think I could speak in tongues. And then realizing like, I don't, I don't know, like maybe this isn't for me. So I've always mm-hmm. just kind of been trying to escape like the you know, I guess the really far reaches of like religion where people can just like accept a lot of things, you know? So anything actually below that, I was just like totally fine with, you know? Cause when you start off over there, <laughs> anything past that is fine, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I grew up Southern Baptist and um, for those who aren't familiar with like Southern Baptist, it's very like I was part of kind of the white evangelical movement of the 90s and 2000s, I guess. Um, So very much like they're very uh, fire and brimstone kind of teachings, like someone Mm -hmm. standing at the pulpit, like yelling and telling you you're going to hell and all these things are sins and um, Bush is amazing, that kind of like... (laughs) that was actually in the you know in that time period that i grew up because i was a 90s baby but the president yeah president bush like he was like from from god (laughs) president yep yeah Yeah. um you know evolution isn't real like Mm -hmm. you know climate change isn't real keep it out of uh school and everything yeah like creationism you know that kind of uh those were kind of like some of the bigger teachings like Pokemon was bad, Harry Potter's bad. Oh yeah, my kind. family was not into Harry Potter. So that's kind of like <laughs> I've heard of that. Huh? I've heard of like so many Christian people that I know that are like, my parents didn't let me watch Harry Potter. And I'm like, why? It's it's yeah. a very it's a real thing. It's because it's they literally say the word witch in there and yeah. then it's magic. And like I think past I was allowed to watch the first two movies and then my mom said it's too dark for me to enjoy the rest. Uh, so I had to go back and watch them when I was like 16, 17. That is funny. Wow. I was grateful. My mom was a little bit more lax on some of those things. So I was allowed to read Harry Potter and I was allowed to play Pokemon mm-hmm. and like Tamagotchis and stuff. But I had mm-hmm. friends whose parents wouldn't let them do those things. Yeah, my mom didn't let me. I, I, I got the book. Like I remember I had like borrowed a book from a friend of uh, like one of the Harry Potter books and I started to read it and my mom found out. 
and she like confiscated the book. She tried to find out who gave it to me. And she like <laughs> had to like oh, lay wow. hands over me with like other like people from the church to like almost like stop the influences. Like or, or yeah, something. to cleanse me. Yeah, like, <laughs> what? Really Some people take it really seriously. Cause they, cause they believe yeah. like it actually is affecting like, me. It's like it's literal witchcraft. Yeah, like it's introducing demons <laughs> yeah. into your like, like environment. Yeah, my family's like kind of hardcore. Like, yeah. you know, they'll even like, like my uncle, he got a house. Well, it wasn't recently, but at one point he got a, like he bought a new house and like they actually had to come in and like pray over it. But then like to like burn incense and all this stuff to like get rid of like the spirits in there. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, they're, they, they do not play. Yeah. <laughs> Wild. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's great. So AJ, like, obviously you don't come from a very Christian background, you know, I'm not, I, I was going to say that not religious, but you're not Christian background. So obviously with knowing my story and now knowing, now knowing, I'm going to edit that part out. (laughs) Now now knowing Jermaine and Aaron's stories respectively, like what are, what are your thoughts about just the different types of upbringings with church households? I just, I don't (laughs) I don't know. That's so, I just, I don't know. Just thinking of how my parents, well, my mom more so than my dad, because my dad wasn't really home as much. My, my brother was like, Harry Potter was his escape. Harry Potter and Lord of the Rings were like his two things. Like that was all he read, all he watched. My mom got him all the DVDs and like, she never thought anything of it. Like she wasn't like, this is witchcraft. Like she just was like fun movie time. Um, which so like it it boggles my mind and I just like another thing I heard that a lot of uh my Christian friends growing up they weren't allowed to watch Spongebob either I've heard that I was allowed to my mom didn't like it but I was allowed and I I don't like I just cannot wrap I just I'm speechless mainly because (laughs) I'm like it really just puts into perspective how growing up could be so vastly different with things of like with interests in pop culture and like just things that you can just watch or read and you're just mm-hmm. like your parents are like no and I'm like why and they're like because sin and I'm just like I don't know how that works <laughs> how that works that's crazy but very interesting yeah. very interesting imagine growing up there yeah so well, I think like religion is just like I mean, in a sense, kind of like politics, like on a spectrum of like people, I mean, obviously people don't believe the same thing or not everyone has the same beliefs from person to person. So like there exists Mm -hmm. like spectrums of just like where you have like really conservative beliefs and then really like liberal beliefs that are just like, they need to be watered down for the time. Cause like growing up, like I've had friends that I've said like, oh yeah, my family's like Pentecostal and they were just were like legit, like afraid. And I could never understand until I got older and I was like, oh, I get it. Because oh, like, yeah. they're kind of weird. I can, <laughs> I can say it. I can say it. No, it's my family. I could say it. <laughs> that's amazing. That's, yeah. I, that's so funny that just like the different levels. And I think what's really interesting about Christianity, and I think maybe this is even getting into the topic as well, because I think I, I for our listeners, we want to be able to kind of build your guys's background, how you guys were raised as children within that church culture, then the church culture, you, us three can kind of identify with. And then now where you guys are at the present, but it's so funny that Christianity really does in its simplicity comes from one source, which is the Bible, which mm-hmm. was written by God. 
and through denominations and then even from household to household because like kind of like what you were saying Jermaine is that you know this other family was Pentecostal but blah 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 it really is interesting how things can kind of trickle down and become so subjective yeah. uh, to a certain point with just one thing that should have been one whole collective before denominations and you know people kind of throwing whatever they want religion to mean and and to a certain point you know as for us as children throwing in what sin is you know like these certain books versus these books and this show versus this video game i don't know i just i've always found that very interesting when talking to people uh, about their backgrounds yeah um but so looking into you know how us three were kind of in the same culture and now all three of us are outside of that church culture now was there a type of aspect of it that was alluring to you guys when you first were reached out to by the churches that we were affiliated with uh, that kind of drew you in as compared to, to how you grew up? Hmm. For me, I think it was, there were two kind of things that drew me in. Um, and one of them was, I was really like impressed by what I like people like kind of interpreting the Bible in a different way than I was raised. And mm-hmm. I felt like they were like really living it out. And I always felt like when I was growing up in church, I kind of, I, I guess the uniformity and in interpretation was really appealing to me because like I was saying before, it always baffled me when people are kind of like all going to the same church, but kind of living a lot differently. So that really attracted me because I felt like, okay, everyone's on the same page. Like they must really like, this must really be from God. Um, Also, I was in like a new place. I had just went to college. I was a state away from my home and I didn't know anyone. And seeing people who were very like loving towards me and very friendly when I was looking for friends and kind of having a hard time, like making friends also kind of pulled me into like being very like, I guess like, okay, I want to, I want to try this out. I want to like, see what, like what's more here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's for me the same thing. Well, the second part of that, like, <laughs> just like people that just like when you when I came in there, it was just like a lot of people that kind of like surround you, which is um, like if you want to get people to do something, like you you want to like show them like in, you want them to be inclusive, right? So or you right. want them to feel included, so you want to be inclusive to them. So I think when I first went, like the amount of people that were just like, hey, you know, we'll be your friend, we'll do all this stuff, was really appealing to me because growing up, I was part of a religion that alienated me so watching people that were like my age that were like still mm-hmm. you know gung-ho for like gung-ho for jesus but yet still like you know still doing the things i'm doing and they're you know still maintaining a community was really appealing because i'm just like oh all right well you can still believe in god but you can it which is interesting that like that was watered down for me versus my church but compared to other churches that's still not very watered down so mm-hmm. just for me that was appealing because i was like wow they still really are i guess following it but look at all like the friendships that they have and i think that was why i was like yeah i'm gonna do that i'm gonna be uh gung-ho for god so (laughs) i think what it really drew me in was the inclusivity as well 
in terms of the acceptedness. Uh, everybody was very welcoming there. And then also they had painted Jesus in a light that was very different from how I had grown up, you know? So I'll, once again, all of us growing up within a church culture, but then we were drawn to this more, I don't want to say intense, but it was definitely a more devout, more almost rigid church culture, uh, especially with their lifestyle being on campus at Virginia tech for you guys or Radford for me, you know, it was day to day, you know, reaching out to people, sharing what we believe, asking people what they believe, trying to evangelize like Matthew 28 says to make fishers of men like Mark one says. And that was not, that was something I didn't really know how to do or knew that I was supposed to do um, based on how I was raised. And so that was just really different. And I think what's interesting is that there was always something that kind of draws people in, but in terms of this episode and talking about what you guys believe now and kind of that transition is as much as there was something to draw you guys in, what was the warning signs or the clues or maybe just the thoughts and feelings of what started to kind of draw you out of that, of that culture or even uh, Christianity as a whole? Hmm. Interesting. I can go first because I know. Oh, wow. She's she's prepared. (laughs) She said, I'm ready. Like, I got this. She was on it. (laughs) Um, I think, so for me, um, what really started to kind of make me question uh, my belief in God was going to college. I'm a biology major, and I wanted to be a veterinarian at the time, so I took a lot of science classes, um, biology classes. And there were two classes that really impacted me a lot when it came to my belief or my questioning of God. And that was an anatomy and physiology class and a religion and science class. And um, both of those really, I guess, opened my eyes in terms of aspects that I had never really considered before. I think the anatomy class, I really thought a lot about um, gender. I thought a lot about psychology, um, kind of like hormones. And so it kind of brought up a lot of questions for me about free will. And um, and then the religion and science class talked a lot about science. how do science and religion coincide or how do they differ? Mm-hmm. And a lot of thing, a lot of beliefs I had that I thought were like about God that I thought were bolstered by science. When I took that class, I was like, hmm, maybe I didn't really think some of these things through. And I realized a lot of my beliefs were kind of what I'd grown up believing. And when I took this class, it really made me think like, can I really use like this aspect of science to bolster my belief? And for me, I realized I don't really, I don't think I can use science to like bolster my belief in God. And after that, I kind of realized it, it was really like hard for me. And I realized I just have to take this belief of God on faith. And because I can't use that, I, I didn't feel like I could use science anymore. I just didn't believe it. And that's kind of one of the biggest steps, I think, in, tor- in terms of like questioning God or questioning my faith in God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like so I didn't it's I didn't leave the church 
necessarily like at the same time I well I didn't leave it in a different order I just left just religion altogether like I just couldn't believe it anymore but had it have been like where I was like oh I can be on board with this like I may or may not have still would join the church I don't know but for me like I remember like one of the things I did is that um actually I still might have it on my on my phone but I kept like a list of all these questions that I had of just like growing up of just like, wait, this doesn't make any sense to me. And it was all these different questions in the Bible of just like, I remember like at one point it was like the whole story of like uh, uh, Noah and his, no, not Noah, Abraham and his son. And Abraham like totally was like going to kill his son. And I was just like, that's weird. Hold on. I'm going to just keep track of that for later. Like, that's a strange. Or like when like this whole flood thing, which I re- when I realized like scientifically that didn't happen, I was like, okay, that's strange. Like I'm going to jot that down for later. And then mm-hmm. just kept building and building and building. And then there was this one class that, a lot of actually people from our church took it was um, a religion class or it was a New Testament class. And in that class, I learned that, like, we don't actually know who wrote the Gospels. And I looked at that and I was like, wait, hold on. That seems like a big thing. Like, I feel like plenty of people should know this. This is like, you know, information. And then, like, I had all these questions of just like all these things. And I kept like a list of it. And it was just like all these questions that I couldn't get answered. So that I would like ask like um, people in our like hire people in our church about it and like the answer that I got was essentially like, well, I don't know, but God knows. And that just wasn't enough for me. That couldn't keep me in it. And I think that like, it was just too much for me. So I think that like me being the scientific minded person that I am, I can't do something without having like a legitimate reason for it. Because one of the reasons why I did chemistry is because like, I need to know why, you know, I need to know why is this happening and stuff like that. And I've always tried Mm -hmm. to even get books on that of just like, you know, why would God do this? Or why would, you know, I don't know, like, like, what is the reasoning behind Jesus or something like that? And I don't know, I just couldn't, I just couldn't keep enough things to hold me in there, which is why I became atheist. You know, at first, I was just like, you know, I don't know, I guess I'm just gonna be one of those guys that just goes to church and just follows it. And then after that, I was just like, I, I can't just do this and not believe it, you know? So, yeah. I was like, all right. Yeah, that's why I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> and now this is me. Uh, yeah. <laughs> no, I feel that I think questions that are kind of pacified don't sit well you know uh and when then when they're met with answers of like well you just gotta have faith my boy i'm like "Mm, that's also like (laughs) i don't know about that man like that doesn't sit well with me it kind of sounds like you don't want to answer this um whether or not it has an actual answer or not Mm, yeah yeah. i mean i remember when i was you know still christian and there was a scripture that especially when I realized like I don't I was having a hard time like justifying my faith in God with science I would always like there was a scripture that talked about like you know his his thoughts are higher than our our thoughts and his ways are higher than our ways and I would always just go to that and be like okay well I don't understand but God understands and that just has to be like enough and I think what Jermaine was saying, like when you have just a buildup of questions that you can't answer, it really just chips away at like, for I guess for people who aren't content with like, it eventually you just get less and less content with like, okay, just have faith, just trust God. Um, and it, it really does like take a toll, I think, on your belief yeah. when you start to think about some of these questions yeah. at least for for me it did yeah like the final tipping point for me was like I had this one job and one of my coworkers, she you know I became pretty decent friends with her and then through getting to know her so she's she's gay 
and she's also Muslim, but like we would have like these interesting theological discussions and stuff like that. And then through like, you know, talking to her, you know, her family is like die hard, like what they believe. And it occurred to me, just like, wait, hold on. Like if I had just been born into a different family, like I would be seeing things exactly the way she does, but that's for every religion. You know, if I was, a, you know, as a Christian, I believe this because like, that's what I've been told. And I never learned to question it because that's what you've been told, but you don't have to, you don't have to be born into that family. Like she believes wholeheartedly in what, you know, what she was taught. And for any religion, you could say that, you know, for like mm-hmm. Hindu or like Buddhist or something like that. So once you get into the, you know, epistemology of like, why do people believe it? There's really, I don't want to say there's like, like it, I mean, it's not obviously not, the, it's not the same thing, but like people hold beliefs because like, that's just generally like what they've been taught statistically, that's what it is. So once I kind of learned that, I was just like, wait, hold on. Like, what is keeping me here? You know, like mm-hmm. what's keeping me here is the same reason that she's in her religion. And I can't say anything to her. Like I would never be able to convince her out of it. So why am I, who am I to tell her she's wrong? You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. My final, my final kind of like straw that broke the camel's back was like, I was in the workforce and, you know, I work in a lab. So everyone's like STEM majors and I was thinking, you know, at the time I was like, I need to bring people out to church. I need to study the Bible and like get them to see kind of like God and Jesus. And I, I had some coworkers that didn't like, they weren't raised Christian. They were, and some of them are actually raised in other countries that weren't Christian. And I was thinking like, how can I convince someone that Jesus literally died and came back to life? if that's not something that they were taught from when they were born. And I knew the like Christian answer that I would kind of, that I would tell other people. And that's like, well, God will work on their hearts and it'll be okay. And, Mm -hmm. but then that led me to other questions of, well, why would God not work on some people's hearts, but not others, which led me to like more moral questions of, it's just like a, it's a rabbit hole sometimes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, like it, it just leads to, anyways, that was the kind of like the straw that broke the camel's back for me, I think. And that's when I really started diving into who wrote the Bible, you know, what, like, how did, how did we get these stories? Like, where are they coming from? Um, and that's kind of what led me eventually, even before I realized it, I realized I didn't believe in God, but I was still going to church. And then at some point I was like, you know, like I do not see any evidence of a God and I just need to be okay with myself that I'm atheist. I had several panic attacks because when you leave your, when you realize you've left your belief system, because Mm -hmm. you don't choose what you believe, you either believe something or you don't believe something um, based on uh, many things, your genetics, your experiences. And it's, it can be very jarring. And so I think for me, it was very jarring to kind of admit to myself, even though I kind of already knew, like, I don't believe in God anymore. The, what you had mentioned earlier, Aaron, is in Isaiah 55, verse eight, where God says, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are my, your ways, my ways, declares the Lord, as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. And I think with Aaron, you had mentioned free will and Jermaine, you had mentioned Noah and the flood uh, and then Abraham and Isaac. And I think maybe those may be a little more scientific, at least with the, the flood. 
But I just think free will is just such a, and maybe this could be going down a whole nother rabbit hole. But I think <laughs> when it comes to, to people thinking about like the existence of God, sometimes I wonder if like such strong knowledge of the Bible becomes almost a hindrance at that point, because we're told to believe in free will, mm-hmm. but we're also told to believe in God's divinity and his providence and his all knowingness. And so for you guys, was that kind of another aspect that came into the, the doubting or maybe even the rejection of the concept of, of God or, or a higher being? Yeah, I think, um, well, for me, definitely, because so I don't want to say I don't believe in free will. I mean, obviously, I believe in free will, but I just think that like our genetics determines a lot of what we do, what we do, and our experiences determine a lot of what we do. And for mm-hmm. me, like once I was questioning and all these questions and I would bring it to people and almost like they would seem like very annoyed by these questions because, you know, a lot of times in Christianity, you know, especially in a lot of, uh, it depends on the religion, the religion that people are in, but you're not really taught to ask questions outside of a bubble. You're taught to ask questions within this bubble. So the questions are not like, well, how do I know if I should believe this? But the questions are more like, well, how do I know if Jesus is super perfect? Is he just really perfect or not? So it's not Mm -hmm. really, you know, it's not probing questions. So once I asked those people those questions, it seemed like they were like, oh man, like I don't have an answer for this. And once I had all these questions, it occurred to me of just like, wait a minute, hold on. So why would a God make me scientifically minded, make me very skeptical, give me all these experiences in life that would lead me up to this point and then punish me for my skepticism at the end, which Mm -hmm. makes no sense because it'd be literally like, you made me this way, so you can't punish me for it. And I couldn't really get behind a God like that, you know? So if you make me, you know, if you make people differently where people have different experiences and stuff like that. So just like the friend I was telling you about, she was made in an an environment that was Muslim and she's, what other choice does she have? Because just like Aaron said, we don't really choose our beliefs. So how do you punish people for just accepting what they believe, you know? We can't, I can't decide to believe in God any more than someone else can decide to believe in, I don't know, like, Ganesh or like you know Krishna or something like that you know so I just couldn't get behind that because beliefs are so uh ingrained in us you know so mm-hmm. yeah that's one of the reasons why I was like eh, not gonna go down this rabbit hole but I'm not gonna believe <laughs> there's um actually uh kind of like a meme or a joke in the atheist community about like the more people who read the bible like the more they'll become atheists <laughs> or something and like you know, it's obviously a joke because oh, mm-hmm. plenty of Christians know the Bible really well. But I do think I, when I talk to other atheists, especially ones that deconvert from Christianity to atheism, a lot of times they talk about, well, I was reading the Bible and I really couldn't understand like why God would do this or why is this story here? You know, like, and I'm quite, there's a lot of questioning. And um, so I do think that really like, I think it is kind of like a double-edged coin for some people who are very inquisitive, I guess, you know, or I don't know really the word for it, but genetically just a certain way where you kind of view the world one way. And when you kind of look into the Bible and you really start to critique it, it's, it's hard to, uh, it's hard to keep your belief, I guess. Mm -hmm. And I think that really does play a part for some deconverts, deconverts, no, atheists that deconvert. Yeah. There, <laughs> there it is. Deconverts. Maybe it could be like a word, but 
So that's kind of how I see it in oh, terms sure. of like knowing the Bible. Because mm-hmm. I before I was before I really read the Bible, I was very ignorant. Like even when I was grew up Southern Baptist, I was like I didn't read at all. The preacher told me, and I was like, okay, we're just gonna keep going on with life. But then as I really started reading it because of the church I was in at the time was very much like have your quiet times every day, read your Bible every day, pray every day. And that reading the Bible, I was like, wow, I have never heard like this story that's very different (laughs) than what I thought would be in the Bible. (laughs) Um, And, or just in general, like the way gender is presented certain moral issues, certain rules. Mm-hmm. Um, and that really, like, I think if it really does get you questioning for some people. But personally, I'm a moral compatibilist. There you go. Where I, like, I I always forget the word. That's Compatibilism, yes. I kind of believe in a combination of free will and... Determinism. Determinism. Thank you. So... <laughs> I kind of, I'm like, I always forget. A perfect pairing. Um, Yeah, where I kind of, I believe you do, you can make some choices, but I think just based on what I've learned and like just through my own like personal studies of philosophy and biology, that we really can't make every choice just based on our genetics and experiences in life, especially during early childhood development, that you can't really make every choice that's available that may be available to some people yeah uh before i ask another question aj do you anything on on your mind you want to ask or everything you're saying is just like you you put you put things that i've thought about into words so when like (laughs) i'm just sitting here like yo wait he said it she said it wait and i get it now that is (laughs) i thought about that for so long of what Jermaine was saying of like um, believing in a God that would punish you for the way you think, but like he made you that way. Yeah. And I was always confused about that, especially because I'm bisexual and mm. people would be like, oh, the gays are going to hell. And I'm like, well, he made yeah. me this way. So why is yeah. he mad? Like, I never understood that. And then that like, I always wondered, you know, how they could have justified it and it was always so yeah agree (laughs) (laughs) i feel you yeah (laughs) nothing to add except yes yeah pretty much